Welcome to Sheesh Fit, a celebration of good health and an examination of holistic fitness. I'm your host, Ashish Thomas. Participating in competition, whether that be through sports or intellectual head-to-heads, can be exhilarating but also challenging. Although the thrill of competition can motivate individuals to perform their best, the pressure in these events can sometimes be overwhelming. The ability to effectively handle pressure is crucial for people to achieve their full potential and maintain their mental and physical well-being. We can implement some strategies to stave off this pressure and keep ourselves in a good headspace. And we can put pressure management into three categories, pre-competition, competition, and post-competition. I like to think of pre-competition strategies as building up a shield that can protect us from the battle that is to come. Competition strategies will involve us holding up that shield strong while we are bombarded with the missiles and bullets in battle. And post-competition strategies involve us patching ourselves up and stitching up the wounds that we may have obtained. So let's start by discussing pre-competition. Pre-competition pressure management, in my opinion, is where we can get the most work done when it comes to pressure management. No matter how hard we try to hold up that shield during battle, if it's weak, it'll break and we'll be screwed. One of the best things you can do to get that shield impenetrable is practice. Our preparation and consistent training give us confidence, gives us familiarity with the game at hand, and it gives us the ability to perform with adequate intensity. I remember listening to Kobe talk about how it was the unrelenting practice that made him a clutch basketball player. He outworked everyone around him, so he was confident in his abilities. He was comfortable shooting the tough shot late game because that's a shot he took thousands of times before in preparation. To get in that amount of reps builds familiarity, and familiarity gives confidence. Think about how stressful it would be to shoot that tightly contested shot in the final seconds of a game if you haven't ever taken that kind of shot before. Think about how stressful it would be to go into a cage with a fighter you have no familiarity with. Think about how stressful it would be to come across a question in an exam that you have never seen before. By putting in as much effort as possible to eliminate these uncertainties prior to competition, we reduce pressure because all of a sudden the competition doesn't feel like venturing into the unknown. It feels approachable. Oftentimes, we may still lack some confidence. That is when we stop putting so much focus on the outcome of competition and shift our attention to the improvements we made during preparation. Winning a championship seems like a near impossible task, and it may still seem overwhelming right before competition starts. But if we look back at all we did to prepare ourselves for the competition, and if we break down our routine and the steps we took to perfect our craft, we can get a sense of comfort. Suddenly, you winning the championship isn't what's in your mind. What's now in your mind is all the work and all the blood, sweat, and tears that you put in to get to that position. The last pre-competition strategy I want to discuss is having a strong support system. This can provide competitors with necessary encouragement and reassurance when facing pressure. Trust a few people to help you out and give you perspective during challenging times. 
Engaging in open communication and seeking feedback from trusted individuals can help you gain valuable insights and develop strategies. Even if you don't believe in yourself at first, the support of others can bolster your faith in yourself and make you a believer. Now, when it comes to competition itself, we have to make sure that all the work we did up until that point isn't wasted. That means we have to get ourselves ready for unexpected turns and calm ourselves down. To accomplish this, we must cultivate a positive mindset. Our self-talk often determines our self-esteem. If we bully ourselves and belittle ourselves and hold ourselves to unrealistic standards that we wouldn't put on anyone else, we are setting ourselves to be constantly disappointed and unhappy. Competitors should focus on their strengths and accomplishments rather than dwelling on the failures or potential setbacks while in the middle of competition. We should focus more on what we're doing right than what we're doing wrong to maintain our confidence and continue fighting. Now, practicing this is easier said than done, but like we train our body, we must use consistent repetition to train our mind to maintain positive self-talk. For many people, it's often a habit to go very hard on themselves. It's important for you to realize that doing that mid-game isn't going to accomplish much and stop yourself if you start becoming very harsh on yourself. Positive self-talk, visualization techniques, and setting realistic goals can contribute to a constructive mindset that helps athletes stay calm and composed during crucial moments. Competitors can also practice breathing exercises to reduce anxiety. Stress can cause individuals to breathe less, or hold their breath due to the muscles tensing up and heart rate increasing. Slow breathing controlling both inhalation and exhalation can provide improved stability and relaxation. You can also use progressive relaxation, which is when you tense a muscle group, hold for 5 to 10 seconds, then relax that muscle group. And you do this throughout your entire body. Added to these things, you can use imagery, which has been shown to improve performance. Imagery is when you imagine yourself completing a task. So before you lift a heavy weight, imagine yourself successfully doing it with proper form. Before a penalty kick, imagine yourself completing the kick as you plan and making the goal. And that's competition pressure prevention strategies. I should mention that all of these strategies for this section can and should be applied to the other sections. I put these strategies specifically in the competition section because they help a lot when you're very stressed and are also very easy to apply in the middle of competition. But with that said, things like imagery can be applied in unique ways in pre and post competition. For example, for the pre competition stage, You can use imagery to imagine correct form and apply that correct form when you practice. When you're imagining form, even though you're not moving, the muscles activate just beneath noticeable thresholds according to the sports psych handbook. Post-competition is a time for introspection and improvement. Whether or not we got what we wanted, we can always take away multiple things to make ourselves better and give ourselves more confidence in our abilities. Growing more will reduce pressure in the future, so this is the time for criticism. 
I did mention that competitors should stay positive during the event because oftentimes they get too caught up in their failures and that hinders their competition performance. That doesn't mean problems should never be addressed. In fact, addressing mistakes should be the primary focus of post-competition. By doing this, the competitors can correct the mistakes they made in preparation for the next competition and avoid losing confidence for the current one. It also may be easier to be more objective when examining your mistakes after competition because of the low-pressure environment. You won't be bullying yourself. You'll provide yourself more constructive criticism. Something else to note is that if you're struggling to move on from a loss for an extended period of time, you put too much emphasis on the outcome. You should reduce your use of extrinsic motivation, which is external validation, and instead rely more on intrinsic motivation, which is motivation that comes from the love of competition. Extrinsic motivation can certainly be used, but it should mainly be an add-on to intrinsic motivation. If you feel like giving up after not winning a championship, even though you're capable of continuing fighting, that's a sign that you are far too extrinsically motivated. You'll be a lot more comfortable when you ignore the external stuff like people watching or the things that they may say, and really just focus on your love for the game. Don't blame the game for the stress. Understand that it's the external stuff that's corrupting your love for the game and harming your mental health. Even if you are hurt by a setback, you should embrace failure as a learning opportunity. Pressure in competition often stems from fear of failure. People who compete must understand that winning is a process. There are steps to success, and sometimes we may overlook a few things and stumble. There is no failure. There is only opportunity to correct what we missed and become better. Analyzing mistakes, learning from them, and adjusting strategies accordingly can help competitors bounce back stronger and become more resilient in the face of pressure. You can supplement this with the practice of coping. Now there are two types of coping, problem-focused coping and emotion-focused coping. Problem-focused coping involves you resolving the problem causing stress, while emotion-focused coping involves you regulating the emotional response to that problem. And through the use of coping and criticism, you will prepare yourself to succeed in pre-competition as well as competition and hopefully start the next post-competition with greater control over your anxiety. So you'll be getting stronger and stronger and correcting more and more problems. But overall, dealing with pressure isn't just about toughing things out. It requires thoughtful planning and continued growth and maturity. By executing these steps, handling pressure will get easier as time goes on.